Hey everyone, welcome back to Hearts Framed. Hey Nadine. Hi Mish. What's up? Uh, you know, just making sure I don't burn alive. <laughs> oh. Yee, yeah. I was like, what do you mean? Is your oven on? <laughs> uh, yeah, the city's oven seems to be on. Since... Is it creeping up close to you? Um, it's probably about five-ish, five-ish miles from where I live. So it's not necessarily creeping in this direction right now, but they're just concerned because the winds are expected to pick up. And that's the whole reason fires happen in California is because the winds are so bad and it's oh, so yeah. dry. Oh, yeah, we're talking about the wildfires, guys. Yes, uh. wildfires. Because Cal- California is on fire. Someone's oh mad God. at it. Yeah, because so someone – California dumped somebody and they're coming back and they're, like, l- lighting fire to no, everything. Seriously. That's what happened. It's just going through a bad breakup. It needs to listen to heart sprained. It just oh my needs to God. calm down. Yeah. I Not mean, good. so five miles, Okay. Yeah, I mean, it sounds close, but in fire speak, it's kind of far. Oh, okay. um, So, you know, I mean, I'm just, like, keeping an eye out on the evacuation zones. Yeah, we didn't hear from you yesterday, uh, me and our friend Caitlin, and we were just like, Nadine. You're like, hello? <laughs> like, Nadine, okay. okay. I'm, like, I'm <laughs> Google mapping, like, where you are, like, in relation to, like, the Getty. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, well, that's the thing. Miles. I'm, like, I'm literally five miles from the Getty. I don't know. <laughs> I think you, this is when you were like, I don't know. This is the other day. Oh, I was yeah. so nervous, and I'm so glad that you know you're okay. But we're you good. Know you're not tougher than fire, right? Like you know, if they say evacuate, you have to. Honestly, even then, it'll be debatable. Oh my god, we'll see. I'm not really that worried about it because the same shit happened to me last year, and I was terrified. And I had my shit packed up in, like, a little bag as much as I could. I had my cat Aww. sitting in her carrier all night. Like, I was, like, ready to go. That is so sad. And in the sad. end, nothing happened. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, Well, right, thank I'm... God. I know. And I'm in the end, I'm just going to, like, not worry about it until I have to worry about it. But to anyone oh who's God. listening, if you're in the L.A. area or if you're in San Francisco, I know they're having some, some tough stuff <sighs> happening up there, too. Just be safe. Be, you know, be smart. And like Michelle said, we're not tougher than fire. If the fires yeah. come, just go. Grab your shit and yeah. go. Like, it's not uncool. I always think of, like, I definitely saw a meme that's, like, you know, those guys who think they're, they're green? Like, bro, you think you're stronger than the sun? You think you're stronger like, than skin cancer, bro? Is that really a game you want to play? Yeah, like, you think you're stronger? You think you're too cool for fire? Like, please just, <laughs> you're not too cool to uh, be no. prepared. Um, but, yeah, so last week's episode, we just kind of, hung out and that was, that really, was fun. really fun <laughs> very unexpected i liked direction. it yeah yeah and so now but you know we had a really good episode planned and i want to get into it because it was really good i, think. I mean i think um, so it's good because it's it's one of those like really necessary episodes that we get a lot of messages and emails from people and you know friends we hear this from a lot where they're just like help i'm still not over my ex like i it's been months it's been a year it's been years why it can't i kick this person so we want to talk about it let's do it let's talk about the uncomfortable uglies of what it means to move on yeah it's not easy and i think you know our uh, i've had friends ask me like oh how long has it taken you to get over people and like i i think that it is different for every relationship it's different for every person it's just it's you can't measure it against any one thing or any one person's experience. Yeah. It's really so stupid to think that, you know, and, and I think this is true for situationships too. I think sometimes right. something sticks. And even if you were only talking to the person for a few months, it could take you, even if you're used to maybe kicking it in like a week or two, because unfortunately you've probably been through a lot of shit. So you learn how to kick things a lot quicker Sometimes there's just one or two that don't leave so quickly. They don't, you can't kick it as easily. And there's no reason why. And like, you get mad at yourself. Like, why do I still care? Why am I still hung up? And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. You know, it's funny because when we were watching Modern Love, I don't want to give away the plot of like one specific episode, but there was one episode and um, somebody cheats and the guy just gets up and leaves and like that's it that's the end of the relationship and Mike and I were watching and I was like I really hate that because that would not give anyone closure I personally think and this is kind of strange but 
I kind of think you have to hit a point of toxicity sometimes. Like you have to like real, at least for me, I have to like burn out the relationship for me to really be like, okay, right. it's done. Because if, if like someone cheats and then you up and leave, like there's so many unanswered questions. I don't think it's really fully run its course. And like, that's where I kind of need closure. I need closure in, in the form of like dis- destruction, I guess. <laughs> like, I know that's like really messed up, but like, I think that, you know, when I've had situationships, like I think that those type of people, you don't really shake them fully. I think they're just, they kind of linger and they orbit even your brain. You know what I mean? That I, I do think that's a lot harder when it doesn't crash and burn like that. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, I don't know. It just didn't really work out or like, oh yeah, we never, we just never talked again. I think that I could never be done with a relationship like that. I, I don't know. I, I'm more of the cold Turkey person. I, I prefer to just be done. Like, I don't want to talk to you ever again. I don't want to see you ever again. Um, That being said, I've never been in in a situation on either end where the person just up and decided it was done. Like, and, and it left me with this, like, 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 that's never happened to me. Thank God, knock on wood. I hope it never happens to me. Um, But so I I think it's like a little bit different of an experience in that situation, but that's not super Mm. common. I know it happens, but I don't, I think usually like you see it coming. Me personally, I like the cold turkey approach because I think, especially if I'm the one ending it, or planning on ending it, I need to make sure I don't second guess my decision. And it's really easy to do if you're still talking to the person. You know, they can say things that make you feel bad, or you can be like, oh my God, but see, we're having so much fun, or this banter is so good, or, you know, and it makes you like doubt yourself for a second. So I think the cold, like I need, personally, I just need to not talk to that person. That being said, like, I think if someone's not, like if trying to end it with me, maybe if they're, if they're breaking up with me, I don't know how I would feel. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's ever happened. I'm trying to think like the endings of all my relationships and situationships. I'm pretty sure I was the one who usually ended them. So it's harder to say. But I've even ended things with people where I was just like, eh, like the situation just, it wasn't even like a real relationship. It just like, it wasn't working. I I wasn't into the person. And then like, you know, years go by and you're kind of like, oh, that person was cool. You know, you don't have any like super negative memories. And I think it's kind of like, Oh, why didn't that work out? You know, for a little bit, but yeah, but I like, wonder how that is in like today's dating sphere where it's like, there's 20 of those people at once because just like the way that right. like, online dating goes, it's much more. So I don't know if that's something that people really feel. It's as also much. a lot easier to find out what they're up to now. I mean, you probably follow yeah, each other on every single social platform known to man. So you know what they're doing because they're posting on Instagram. You know where they live because they updated their Facebook. You know right. where they work because they have LinkedIn. Like you can easily find yeah. out like very quickly what someone's up to. Right. And I think that that could leave you like, oh, like that person. I don't know. I feel like that could that for me would be dangerous if I was still hung up on people like that. Yeah. Me personally. I think that – I need it to crash and burn. I re- I just realized this the other day. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I need horrible situations for me to like get over something. I think that's the only reason why I've gotten over people because they were Yeah, terrible. I mean, that's, it's always the best when there's like a clean break. Like, I, okay, I don't want to yeah. say like it was great to get cheated on, but like from a movie, yeah, from exactly. a moving on perspective, yeah. that was the easiest, like, and I truly loved him. Exactly. Like, just so we're clear, like, I actually really did love this guy, but because it was, he was not a good guy. And because it was like a semi emotionally abusive relationship mm-hmm. and he cheated, it, it almost gave me exactly what I needed to finally just be like, I am out of this. I am out of here. Right. It was the easiest thing right. to do. I, I like, I loved it. Like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't love right. it, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, oh my God. Right. And no I guilt. guess that is kind of what happened on the, that episode, but it just didn't seem like there was closure. Maybe because she wasn't like this bad person. Um, but yeah, that's what I need. I need to like hate the person. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I think like a lot, like the list comes in so handy, right? Like, oh my God, you, just, you hate Wait. them. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't get to my phone notes right now, but I wrote it down. Apparently I was listening to a podcast. I can't tell you much more information. You might know why soon. Um, but 
someone was talking about, there's actually a scientific term for the list. Is it? Is it not okay? the I'm list? A genius. It's no. It's um like negative. Something. Oh, I already, I already I hate remember. it. It's too formal. Let's just stick to the list. No, no, it's beautiful, and it's and it's that every time. This is part of you know getting over someone. This is like a really big picture concept here that every time they creep into your head and you're just like, I miss them, whatever. Tell yourself like, what's wrong with that person? And believe me, you can come up with something like, what's wrong with them? Oh, tell me something that's I wrong can, with them. Yeah. And like, remind yourself everything that's wrong with them. And it's just like, oh my God, they suck. They're the worst. And that's the list. Yeah. yeah. So it's scientifically proven. I'm going to definitely like. What's the opposite of rose colored glasses? Like what's, what's Ooh. the opposite of rose? Like gray, brown. Ew, brown colored glasses. Ew, I hate it. I like it though. It's fitting. <laughs> brown colored glasses. Is that just sunglasses? <laughs> sunglasses <laughs> tinted like Ray-Bans. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Like you need to look back on it like worse than it was. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I think it does. I mean, you don't want to ever like go into like a zone where you create so much hate for someone that it like affects you because – it's not something you want to carry into your next relationship. Like I can't tell you how awful it is to go on a date with someone and just hear them talk shit about their ex. You're like, uh, all right, clearly somebody's not over this. So that's neat. Yeah. That's really, yeah. So it's, you don't want to like get so obsessed with the fact that they suck, but it does help you kind of knock them down a notch or two to just be like, Oh, okay. You know what? Like they had a weird hairline. It's help. It's helpful. It's petty, but it's helpful. <laughs> I love how you always say that because that's the first thing on my list. <laughs> hairline. You know this, know right? This. Like, it literally says hairline is weird. <laughs> like, mean girl. It's such an um, easy one to pick apart. That was, like, top like, of get my plugged. list. Um, yeah. Uh, so, basically, I think that there are... I would say like three parts of getting over someone or like three reality checks um, that we can get into. But first I want to talk about something that you brought up to me before Nadine, Um, the whole concept of like keeping busy. Yeah. And like, I know that you, you really don't like this. You've never liked this. So this, this um, article that you found is kind of uh, right in line with, your thoughts but it was really interesting so I want you to kind of break that down yeah I mean here's the thing I do like keeping busy post breakup I think it's important I think it's the only thing that kind of helps you break up the monotony of like the pain that you're in I think being around your friends is good going on vacations are good like maybe picking up a new hobby or doing something that you've always wanted to do but maybe you couldn't because the relationship was taking up so much of your time Um, investing in your work more, in yourself more, going to the gym more. These are all positive things that I think a lot of us try to do immediately after a breakup. And I'm, I'm here for those things. I totally am. I've done them. I think they've made a world of difference. Highly suggest kickboxing to get out some of that anger. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, But the problem that I have with this concept is that if you do too much of it, you become, it's almost like you can't go to sleep when you start taking sleeping pills. You can't go to sleep naturally anymore. Oh, you become like, yeah, you, you, you need the extra, yeah, dependent. you become dependent like on dependent. this pill. And it's almost like you, you can easily form a dependency on these distractions mm-hmm. in order to not feel pain or to be happy or to whatever. And it, the problem with it becomes like, when you get to that level, if you stop distracting yourself for one second, those problems are still there. Your feelings are still there. Like they didn't just go away with time. You still have to deal with it. You have to actively sit down and process your feelings and actually, you know, talk yourself through all the pain and figure out what you need to do to heal. Maybe start seeing a therapist or maybe don't, but just if you like to write, I mean, writing for me has always been a really big like catharsis Mm -hmm. where you just pour out your feelings. You write all the texts and emails that you wanted to send, but you never did or whatever, you know, and you kind of do all of these things and you really get out the feelings and the emotions and it makes you confront the pain and therefore you have to actually feel it. And it sucks. 
The problem is I don't think people now or a lot of people now don't know that they have to actively carve out time to, to feel this pain. Like if you're a default, if your default is to distract yourself like me, you have to not like, you really have to go out of your way and set up time to be like, okay, you know what? On Monday morning at 8am, I'm actually going to sit down and I'm going to think about this. I'm not going to watch Netflix. I'm going to sit in silence on my couch, maybe play some like Zen music. And I'm just going to think about the breakup and I'm going to think about him and I'm going to just cry or do whatever I need to do. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be planned. Sometimes you just get overwhelmed with like these feelings out of nowhere. And maybe you had plans or something, that you had, but you need to revisit that. You either do it in that moment or you say to yourself, you know what? I can't process this right now, but clearly I have some shit going on. I'm going to sit with myself later and handle it. And that's it. But, you know, I've even, I've even heard with like anxiety and something like this where you're grieving something. It actually is good to schedule the time with yourself. Like, let's say you say, okay, every night at 8 p.m., I'm going to give myself a half an hour to cry and to think about it and to wallow in it, right? I'm the type of person, I think most people would be like this, where after a while, if you have that standing appointment to do something, you're just like, oh, I don't feel like doing it. And I feel like (laughs) it kind of like psychs yourself. Like, I don't feel like crying tonight. I'm just going to do something fun. Like, it almost makes it like. You want to, like, force yourself to get over it. I feel like that's kind of a good way to, like, use reverse psychology on yourself. Like, okay, tonight I'm going to cry. I actually love that. And then, you know, so Yeah, I mean, I I do think it helps that, like, sometimes, like, it can hit, like, for me, I like, for some reason, like, crying and dealing with things on public transportation seems to get me. Like, I don't know why, but, like, if I'm in a car or if I'm on a plane, like, those are two places where, like, you really are and can very easily be like left alone with your thoughts. And I cannot believe you, you feel comfortable. I mean, I, I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> it just happens. I love it's it. Like, it's you're like, just like, in, you're like, especially like when you're on a plane and like, I don't know, maybe you're like earphones yeah. aren't working or the movie thing isn't working. You're literally just stuck there for hours by yourself with nowhere to go and nothing to do and no one to talk um, to. But so you're like, the people next to you must, feel so right, bad probably like fuck me they're like i'd rather sit next to a no, kid they probably just like can i hug her i mean i usually like i'm sitting in the window seat so usually i just like face the window and like sniffle oh it my out God. by myself and like it's fine what is this a music video <laughs> <laughs> staring outside like with the rain as i'm flying over like wherever the fuck i'm flying yeah it's not good it's really it sad. is really sad no but it's true that's always been your like default place to Oh my god. <laughs> Airplanes and cars. Those are the two places that I like. So it's oh. almost like if I know I have like an hour drive ahead of me, sometimes I will give myself that hour to like be sad or cry or think. That's really yeah, good. And it helps. It really does. And like you can say things out loud. No one's there to judge you or hear you or give a shit or whatever. Like you can say something if you can have like a fake conversation in your head, which I think always like helps oh, me. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, and I think that the point of this article that I read today was exactly that. It was you can't like alone time does not count as like you sitting on your couch watching Netflix or listening to podcasts or doing any of these things. Right. That's great to some extent, but that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about mm-hmm. dedicated feelings time and making yeah. sure that in all of the incredible things that you are using to distract yourself, whether that's the gym or you know, teaching yourself how to code or, you know, start your own business or whatever the hell you've got going on and like keep doing those things, you do need to make sure that you're confronting whatever the fuck you're going through. Yeah. And I even think like something like meditating where I really need to learn to meditate. But from what I understand, I just, it's not clicking for me. I really do try. But it's basically like you pick, you have your thoughts and as you feel them come in, you just like allow them to be and then pass, you know, like you don't, I don't really know how to explain it, but um, you just almost have to make peace with the fact that you feel things Mm -hmm. and not try to fight them or obsess over them. Just like acknowledge their existence and move on. And I think that's a really nice way to move through a breakup too. And probably just for your own mental health. Yeah. Um, and, and going to therapy again, a thousand plug for therapy, but that's like a time that you are carving out an hour to talk about your problems and your feelings. Agreed. Um, and I think those are productive ways of keeping busy and, and it's not just like one giant distraction from to, to not feel. Yeah. 
I mean, I bet you like every single successful businessman that exists is a product of a breakup. Wait. Oh, I was. I. I don't know why I was like. Wait. Their parent. His parents. Like. Uh, no. What? But like, <laughs> I bet you, like the founders of some of like the biggest right. things that we know or use. These are all products of like any or not even just men. I'm thinking like like anyone. Like even the found. Like, right. It yeah, is true. I, well, the Bumble. Founder, yeah. Yeah, that's actually a good yeah. point. It's like behind every successful startup in 2019 was a guy who left right. red. <laughs> Where's that t-shirt? <laughs> um, Thanks for leaving me on red, right. fucker. Now I'm worth a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Okay. Yeah, so that's our stance on, like, keeping busy. It, there's a difference between keeping busy and trying to be just distracted and in denial. Yeah. And then there's people who sometimes, I think, occupy the opposite extreme, which is... Oh secluding themselves from any activity and withdrawing and still somehow avoiding their feelings like for whatever reason yeah. or maybe feeling too much of their feelings and letting their feelings like completely ruin every other area of their life I'm not saying it shouldn't be difficult I'm not saying that like you're not supposed to think about it but like when it starts to affect like how social you are or your friendships or your performance at work or your motivation to do anything like that's when it becomes a problem and that's definitely a sign that you need help it's also like kind of the name of our podcast like if you have an injury and if you just like constantly talk about your injury and like you know you're very aware you have an injury but you're not doing anything to like fix it you're not going to physical therapy you're not you know, resting and icing it, you're just going to always have an injury. You can have feelings and you can talk about them, but you have to go in the direction of like being productive and not just making it worse or keeping yourself heart sprained, you know? Yes. You need to really work in the direction of healing and not just obsessively feeling. Yeah. You can't live in this thing where you are constantly just obsessing over the pain. Like, that's not good for you. It's not good for anyone around you. And once you hear your friends starting to get bored of it, like, that's when you know it's been too long. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, it, but it sucks because sometimes you're just like, oh, I'm just still not over him or her, right. whatever it might be, whoever it may be. Um, and, you know, keeping busy and feeling your feelings, like, you can only do so much. Um and sometimes like you're trying different things or you get these reality checks. And I think it's important that we go through different situations and kind of talk through our advice, I guess. Um, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. So we've all been here, I think, where you kind of get yourself usually accidentally in a new relationship. Like let's say you have good intentions, like I'm going to get over them. I'm going to get on an app and realize that there's more guys more girls out there like whatever I'm gonna get back in the dating scene right and then a lot of times you find yourself accidentally in a new situationship or a relationship and I think that typically it's like a really safe neutral person like a just a distraction person probably someone that's more into you than you are them and it's like feels very safe and very you know you're, you don't you have your wall up and I don't know if they realize it yet um and it's kind of like self-sabotage by being with them. And, but if you end it, it's also kind of self-sabotage because you're usually just like, I can't do this right now. Like I'm not over my ex. Um, and I think the main thing there is just like checking your own patterns. Like, why are you in this relationship? Like, are you somebody who just can't be alone? Are you just running from your thoughts? And you're just like, again, like keeping busy um, in like kind of the worst way. Cause you're involving somebody else. Um, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I think I think I agree with like all that stuff. I think it's it's it is tricky business though. Like going like yeah. basically we're talking about the rebound, right? And right. The yeah. rebound is uh, I okay, my rule of thumb, I think you need to give yourself at least 3 months before you start talking to anybody <laughs> even if it's a rebound. It just seems so long. Like I agree with that 
in theory, but in practice, I think I would be like, I want to get back out there. I don't want to sit home. He's probably I mean, out. You can talk, you can go on dates, but like, I'm yeah. saying like onesies, twosies, not like someone you consistently <laughs> start seeing. Like, yeah, I, that's true. I think with like maybe a month after a breakup or two months or whatever, you can start like downloading the apps again, engaging in some conversation, maybe go out on a date or two, just remember what that's like. But someone that you're consistently talking to and seeing, even if it's casual, I don't think is a good idea until at least three months. I think it just feels like for a lot of people, like a light at the end of the tunnel and sort of just like, oh, like a reminder that there are good people out there and somebody else can make them feel good. I think they kind of get addicted to that feeling. Well, Um, the problem becomes, though, when you are back in the casual dating sphere, there's a lot of like shitty things that can happen. Like. You can get ghosted or your date cannot go well or they can, you know, leave you on red or whatever. And those things are going to feel 10 times worse when you're still yeah. dealing with the pain from a breakup. They're going to feel much more like a rejection. Like you're not in the mental headspace to handle any more rejection right. when you're that like fresh out of something. And, you know, we, we I think you've even talked about this on the podcast that um, when you ended your relationship your five-year relationship you got right into another one and when you broke up with that guy you were like mourning both of them yeah like you didn't it was like a delayed mourning period like it's gonna hit you twice as hard yeah it's it's awful and I mean it's funny because I don't regret doing that because it taught me so much but it was not a smart move like if anyone is in that situation I would use that exact example as to say number one you are so unbelievably like your judgment is so clouded in that moment that you can't see people for who they really are in that moment. You're just so like chasing a high of like endorphins and like feeling good and feeling butterflies and feeling excitement that like you will not see if someone chooses to take advantage of that, of that, of your feelings in that moment, they can easily do so. And Mm -hmm. narcissists and emotional abusers can sense that and they will prey on it easily and then you can get stuck in something that's not good that's an extreme case but it's something that I know if I had dealt with my breakup in a much longer you know had actually done the work and gone through it and felt all the things this is not a person I would have dated this follow-up person and I know that so when that one ended and ended dramatically it was 10 times harder because not only was I dealing with the pain of like being cheated on and dealing with this guy who was a piece of shit to me, but then I'm also left with like, wow, the last time I felt safe and I was actually with a decent guy was in that other relationship. And that was a while ago. And now I have to deal with those feelings. So it's, it's just a lot. Like it's almost like you're setting yourself up for failure in a way. If you don't give yourself the proper time to heal Because you could easily – and I'm not saying that people don't ever meet someone great right away. I just think that's the exception and not the rule. I I think when I've gotten out of – like when I've gotten myself in this situation, like right out of a breakup, it's it's like I don't know what I was thinking. I was like blind. Like I actually wasn't seeing clearly. Right. I was not myself. Like your hormones must be different. and Your brain chemistry is fucked up. That's like science. sure. Um, the type of guys I would like end up talking to for a few weeks are like the guys who swoop in and they like quote unquote care (laughs) about what you're feeling and they like check in on you and they like know you're going through the breakup and it's like super very predatory. It is exactly. And I'm like, ew, like you didn't care, you creep. And cared um, about what's in them jeans. Yeah, like it's it's just about like being right there to pick up the pieces and just like take advantage of you. And it's like a very distinct personality for guys or girls, I think. I think it's creepy. I can't imagine like a legit relationship being built on someone helping you get over your Oh my God, it's the dumbest thing. And no, it reminds me of Can't Hardly Wait. There is a Can't Hardly Wait. Is that the um, the high school movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, Kenny uh, played by. uh, Yes, 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 yes. Um, he, uh, 
like the girls like just she just got jumped at the party and he swoops in and he's like pulling all these lines on her like that's always the guy oh my god entertained for see okay you the clown. you get that guy yeah. i get like straight up psychos like guys that i yeah. know <laughs> are like gonna end up dead and or in jail like no, and and like straight up <laughs> crazies. Like for some reason, it's like my brain goes like, ooh, what looks like the most unrealistic <laughs> manifestation of exactly what will hurt me? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's like God. every red flag under the sun gets presented to me and I'm like drooling over it. And I, based on my experience, I'm like, oh, like when you tell me about those guys, like, oh, he seems like fun. Right. But yeah, fun is <laughs> no. like the operative word. No. I'm like, no, he's not fun. He's going to either kill no. me or kill himself. Yeah. It's like one or the other. Yep. He, yeah, no, he's scary. No, they're terrifying. Um, yeah, so no. I, and it's funny because in those moments, like, I mean, therapy has helped me realize this, but it's like, you pick those people because you know there's no future. And it's yeah. kind yep. of, it's, it's kind of going back to that safety thing. And you don't realize that that's what you're doing. But you all, you know, when someone says it to you, that that's why it makes the most sense. Because this is a guy who is like displaying every, you know, he's unemployed and he's a loser and he's <laughs> this and he's that. And you're like, all right, <laughs> neat, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just don't really want what's best for yourself. <laughs> uh, you don't trust yourself. I think that's what it comes yeah. back to. And I also think you know, to be fair, that's one category of people. The other category are, you know, guys that meet you without knowing anything about your breakup and they don't know they're innocent in the matter. And you're going to project a lot of your like feelings and her onto Mm -hmm. them and you're going to make them pay for your ex's mistakes. And they're just going to kind of go along for the ride. And you're probably going to, they're probably going to meet you and think you're super cool and normal and then, like, a couple months in, you're going to unleash, like, your crazy. Right. <laughs> and do you know what I learned, like, as a girl? I learned yeah. that, like, okay, I think it's really great when you become self-aware of when you're projecting things and when you can explain your behavior. I think that's right. cool and all. But, like, they don't care. <laughs> like, like <laughs> not that this they don't true. care that you've been through things and, you know, I'm sure they appreciate the explanation for your quote-unquote crazy but at the end of the day, the results still the same for them. It's like, okay, cool. Like now you know why you're behaving this way. Now I know why you're behaving this way, but like you're still acting like a cunt. So I don't really yeah. give a shit why. <laughs> like the reality is like you need to check yourself yourself and stop doing that. Like it's not my problem. That's or they're like, but you're still coming over. Right. Here, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So they don't care on like, either end. That's fine. Right? Like yeah, they're like that's that's fine. No, no, no. Oh man, yeah, no. Totally. Oh, we're we're still hanging right, out, though, right? Right, okay. exactly. It's like okay, that's yeah. cool, but like also like you don't really need to tell me about all this. Like maybe just like fix it and stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very much a case for like what Lisa said months ago. You know, you you need to take that time to heal. Yeah, you do. Between you need it, and yeah, maybe you think the easiest solution will be to go out and date somebody new, but especially if you know that that's like your ex's tendency and you know that they're probably Mm -hmm. out doing that, it becomes 10 times harder to like not do that because somehow it feels like whoever moves on first wins. And that's not true. It's so not true. In fact, I think it's the opposite is is true. Opposite. Yep. I agree. And that was my next point. mm, Let's, you know, it wasn't really my next, it was like my next, next point, but now let's segue. Okay. Okay. So fine. This is another like reality check trigger to not being over your ex. Finding out that they moved on and or is with someone new. Yikes. It sucks. It's actually never happened to me like that. Just this year found out about my exes like actually moving on. Wow. (laughs) I'm talking like from decade over a decade ago. Yeah. Honestly. So like. I mean, does being cheated on count? I think it's a little different in this, unless you find out that they've like they have a double life going on. Mm, I mean, kind of, but I mean, it's not. It's not. Listen, it's probably worse. But what do you mean? I feel like I feel like it's happened twice, where the reason that we ended was because there was someone else in some capacity, mm. so or lots of someone else's. So yeah. that's 
kind of weird because you kind of get hit with the reality that there is someone else at the exact same time that you're dealing with a loss. So it's a little bit different than finding out that they're dating, you know? Yeah. So that's, but then I have, you know, like the one, the guy I dated for five years, like I found out maybe just like a year or so ago that he was in a serious relationship with someone else. And like, even then it stung. I was like, oof. Yeah. You know, you're kind of, it's just like a, yeah. it's just like a little like, like, because we're so fucking narcissistic, like as people, we think that the mm-hmm. world like starts and ends with us. And that, and a lot of the things that we have to tell ourselves to successfully move on is that he's never going to be happy. He's never going to find someone as great as me. And that becomes a huge part of the narrative mm-hmm. that helps us like get over someone. So when you yeah. find out that the narrative you told yourself isn't entirely true because they are moving on and they have met someone and they do seem happy. You're kind of just like, well, here's the thing. There's so much to it. Like if you see it on social media, just completely discard it because you might look at their like couples Halloween costume and be like, Oh my God, like he would never do that with me. Like, I can't believe he's doing this with her. Like, okay. First of all, you know, the guy, he never wanted to do that. It's not that he just didn't want to do it with you. But some people throw bigger fits than others. Right. And, you know, he's probably picking his battles right. there. Um, and you can't take things at face value like that. You you know the person and you know their patterns. And you know that he's, he or she is just going to go disappoint the next Oh, person. yeah. Like super Same hard. They disappointed you. Um, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, and you also don't really know that they're not that, – that they're not over you. Well, or that they are over you. You really don't right. know that. And, and the other thing too, and like unpopular opinion alert, it's like, oh god, maybe they are okay, and maybe they are fine, and they are happy with someone else. And like, that's a, also that's true. Like, I feel like we just need to find a way to like make peace with that and not take it personally against ourselves. Like, it's not that this girl or guy is better than we are. It's not that they do things that we wouldn't or couldn't or shouldn't do. It's none of it. It it is not a reflection or a detraction from our own value just because someone that we used to love now loves someone else. It doesn't take away anything from us. And I think we feel like it does in a way, like we're just so like, okay, well clearly this girl has something that I don't have. Maybe it's bigger boobs. Maybe it's a nicer car. Maybe it's (laughs) a bigger house. Maybe it's whatever those things are. And, you know, she has a tiny waist that clearly I'm too chubby or, oh my gosh, like she's gorgeous, like whatever. And you start to compare and like you somehow think that there is something inherently wrong with you that makes you less lovable than this person. And that's just not true. I know your friends are saying it. I know your mom is saying it, but like, it's just so the opposite. Like, it's not about us. It never was. It's not about us as women or as individuals. It's just about this person. And if this person loves this new person, it doesn't mean that they're more lovable than you. It just means that it's a better fit for whatever fucking reason. Yeah. And usually it's because their new person sucks just as much as they do. Exactly. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Did he, you're sad because he introduced her to his mom. Well, guess what? He lives in his mom's house. So they didn't really have much. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? Like Like he still lives home. She has to live with the same like issues that you did. She's just more willing to keep up, put up with them. Exactly. And, and you know what? Like we all have like our deal breakers. We all have our things that we can and can't put up with. Like maybe their deal breakers are just a better match. Like, they're or the things that they're willing to put up with are more in line with what they have to offer each other and that's fine it doesn't make you less like we also don't need to be like 100% putting down the other person either you know what I mean like sometimes you can stalk a girl and be like like I remember thinking about this when I stalked my ex's new girlfriend and I remember thinking oh this is like two years ago maybe at this point and I remember thinking like she seems like a nice girl like I'm not mad I'm not like I'm not going to sit here and try to pick her apart and say that she's ugly or that she's cute. She seems like she's got her shit together and I don't see anything that makes me like inherently believe that she's awful. And I, I, and it didn't bother me in a way where I was like, well, how come she's worth loving? And I wasn't because it's not that simple. And we try to simplify it like that. And it's just Mm -hmm. not, 
true. Yeah. And again, you don't know what, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. That's number one, but yeah, you really don't want to wish bad. I mean, listen, everybody knows how I feel about my one ex. I think he should just like, I don't even, where are the wildfires? (laughs) (laughs) But you know, most of my exes, I'm so like indifferent and I would be morbidly curious about (laughs) their life, but I would be like happy when I think about a, a lot of, you know, a few of them like, Oh, okay. Like that's good. Like I could see them being good husbands to somebody else. Yeah. Who's not me and good dads, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, it's the, the, the key point of that is like to someone who's not right. me, you know, I just, they're not my people. It's also a lot harder. We'll get. Yeah. To and it's also a lot harder when like, if they move on first, like, let's just call that what it is. I mean, right. and I think that was part of right, the thing for me was that I was, like, very single when I found out that he was seeing someone. And I was like, oh, God. Especially, see that? I don't know. Uh, that's never happened to me. I don't think I could have handled that. I don't know. Because I just feel like that was always my biggest fear. And the fact that I escaped it, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like. The, the the older I got, the more I was really afraid mm-hmm. of that. And it sucks. I think that it fucking sucks yeah. because you're kind of left there like, great. Like, and then you're kind of questioning in a way, like, did I do the right thing? Like, did was like, did I quit too early? Did I do you, you start to kind of ask yourself those questions a little bit. And it's also like the first time you're almost, it's almost like another moment where you're like, wow, it's really over, you know, yeah. like not yeah. like it wasn't before. But when you're both single, like, there's still, like, a 1% chance that it's not over, you know? But, you know, I've been, like, I've been on the other side. I was always the first person to move on. And you kind of feel a little bit cheesy. Mm. Like, it's not always, like, the best. Who fucking knew? It's not always the best. No, but, like, you kind of feel like your ex is looking at you, like, with all these questions. And, like, you kind of feel, like, awkward, like, that. It, like you don't feel genuine like you moved on quickly or zero sympathy you just like have a bunch of boyfriends i don't know it makes you feel a zero sympathy lame. none zero no i absolutely swear. none like being the one to move i mean it's kind of funny because when you really think about no, it no it's not as bad it's nowhere near as bad but it's not all like uh-huh. right like i never felt that i always kind of felt like ugh. Like, this person knows me really well and knows I moved on. It's just, like, an awkward Yeah, I, I mean, and, and that's why, like, breakups are so weird in general because it's, like, this person knows how you're behaving in your new relationship. And, like, that's, like, that's always, like, the part that trips me up. Exactly. Like, whenever you think mm-hmm. about your ex, like, with someone new or if they think about you with someone new, it's, yep. like, you know what they're acting like. You exactly. can probably, yeah. like, guess some of the fights they're having. Like, yeah, I and that's like weird. Time. It's such an intimate thing that like, you will just always yeah. know about each other. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. Um, you really, there's only so much you can do. And maybe you can take this as like what you just said, like, wow, it's really over. And as painful as that is, I think there's nothing more powerful than the mm-hmm. truth and reality and just taking it as it is. And being like, okay, I need to stop holding on to this now. I can release it. I think there's so many times that the reason hearing that your ex is with someone new hurts as much as it does is because part of you is still hoping that it wasn't over. Exactly. And I think it's a very jarring moment when that little sliver of hope gets taken away from you. So... I think, you know, it's okay to admit that to yourself and to be honest about that and just kind of be like, wow, I just think the one thing that I caution against is like the comparison trap. Like, don't compare yourself to this new person. Mm -hmm. Don't try to hate her. Don't try. I mean, honestly, some of them make it easy. Like, they really are trash or they really are garbage. It's like that one Instagram quote we saw recently where it was like, you can't give a a crackhead a diamond. He'll pawn it for crack money. And it's kind of like, I love that because it's kind of like, well, you can say that like, okay, I was the diamond. My ex was the crackhead. Yeah. He pawned me for crack. I'm a diamond. I belong. Because his priorities. I belong with a king. I belong with someone who knows how to respect and treat a gem. So it kind of, I like that. I don't know if that gives anybody else any kind of solace, but like, (laughs) I enjoyed it. it. (laughs) No, it's really true. And 
it's what's the other quote? I think I might have said this last week. Like you could be the sweetest, juiciest peach, and you're always going to find someone who doesn't like That's, peaches. Yep. You know, there's always going to be someone like you. It's not about you. It's, it's not kind of about other people. Maybe somebody just might not like you. And it's, you could be the best and somebody doesn't like you. And that's like, they're weird is their problem or they just don't appreciate you. Like you just said, it's just, yeah. it's, there's so many things. It's so hard. I honestly think it's one of the hardest concepts to understand and wrap your head around as a person, as an adult, that some people just might not like yes. you. And it is. What and it that is. your ex is happy with someone who isn't you. Yeah. And that yep. does not make you any less worthy of being loved or appreciated or like yeah. if in fact, like you could be 10 times better than her and he could still love yep. her over you. Yeah, exactly. And that sucks. It is so unbelievably hard for our brains to accept that because we try to quantify and measure everything. Yeah. So it, and that's the, love is just not one of those things. And eventually there will come a time where you will find someone that will like, like what you always say, Mish, like, you will find someone that explains why it didn't work out with that person, Mm -hmm. you know, and you will be Mm -hmm. in something that is very clearly much better for you, whether or not you realize it. But in that moment, it's really, really hard to take that perspective. So all you have to keep doing is just reminding yourself, like, this doesn't take away from my value as a person. This doesn't mean I'm not worthy of something great or special. And it definitely sure as fuck does not make that bitch better than me. Oh yeah. No, because she's not. They're just, it's just that you can't compare. It's so hard to grasp this concept, but I think that eventually it just, it kind of just wears off. I think time really heals that exact feeling Mm -hmm. and you're not really bothered by it after a while. I don't think you're going to obsess. You're never going to feel as bad as you do the first time you find out. Right. on. That's like peak misery. Yeah, you know? I mean, you might, and after a while, it just gets old. You're just like, whatever. I mean, you might when like you find out like they're engaged or something. Oh, you're gonna stalk like within an inch of your life. <laughs> yeah, you're but, gonna accidentally you like know? a post from 300 weeks ago. Exactly, you're gonna see them in like Aruba from three years ago, right? And you're like, wait, were we <laughs> together then? And then you start to like question your timeline. Yeah, they're gonna have a baby. Like, yeah, it's not. It doesn't. I don't know that it ever fully stops, but I do think this. You could be morbidly curious, yes. but not not in love, hurting. Yes, exactly, not yes, hurting. Exactly. Yeah. So, so this kind of segues into the next part of mm-hmm. this. Um, you know, when you're struggling to get over your ex, and in turn, you feel like you can't find anyone, and you're kind of a miserable person on all of your dates. And you're just like hating the dating scene and you just hate being single. You can't stand dating. You want to throw in the towel. You delete the apps like once a month, <laughs> um, swear off men or women. And you're just done right. with it. Um, this is a really hard one. Um, I want to talk about one component that I did a little research on first. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this stems from like how you're compa- you're probably comparing your relationship with that person to like everybody that you, mm. um, and you're looking back at everything with those rose colored glasses. Um, so I did a little research on nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says that nostalgia can be used as an attempt to reconstruct an idealized past with the awareness of the impossibility of going back. These are expressions about thriving in a distant past that is long gone and yearning for the things that are lost with feelings of uncertainty about the present. Um, and sometimes nostalgia can be used as a point of reference and evoke to express a person's feelings about themselves and the present situation by way of comparison. So you might be looking back like, oh my God, I was so much happier then. Um, and it's that, that pain that's like, oh my God, it was so great then combined with, I'll never get that back. Mm. And I was so happy then. And I'll never do that with anyone again. Um, and that's the hard part. Well, I mean, it's hard because... Like, when you break up with someone, especially if you're the one that dumped them, it's really easy to, like, it's it's a risk. I mean, you yeah. are taking the chance that you will be, you can find a happier life without this person. Yeah. And I think, and then when you're dumped, it's like you, that that, cho- that wasn't even a choice you made. Yeah. Like, it was taken right. away from you. 
And you're like, so it's a lot easier to be like, well, I'm never going to find what I had ever again. You know what I mean? Like that's, and I just don't believe that that's true. I mean, I think it's, it might look different than what you pictured, but different's not bad. Exactly. Exactly. And I I think that this is a really big sign that you're not ready to date. I think that if you are unhappy and you, no one has a gun to your head to stay on these apps and nobody's forcing you to go on dates. I think if something feels natural and someone asks you out and you're up for it, say sure. And just kind of go into it with an open mind and get out of your own way with it. But don't try to force it if you're not feeling it. Why would you actively seek people out if you're not ready to Yeah, agreed. And the other thing too, it's like, and this is going to sound so like LA hipster, like whatever, but I don't even care. I, I really truly believe that like when you manifest things and when you put out the right energy, you attract the right energy back. It is true. Like it really, and I don't even mean that to mean like you just sit there on your couch and be like, okay, Lord, I want a guy who makes eight figures and is over six feet tall. And, and then he's just going to fucking show up on your door. Like absolutely not. But I think if you want a relationship that, which I think we all do just like has mutual trust and respect and love and, you know, a partner Mm -hmm. that has your back and value, you know, shares your values, like all these different things. When you work on those things, like within yourself and then you go Mm -hmm. back out there, it just comes off and like, it's almost like it sends out pings into the universe and people respond to the pings that are most aligned with their pings, you know? And that's when you start to attract like the right kind of people. So if you feel like you're going on all these dates and meeting all these people that like are just not in line with what you want, I do think it's time you take a step back and you're kind of like, well, what the fuck am I doing or not doing? That's like not sending me the right kind of energy. I'm not getting like the thing that I want. Like, what can I do to work on those traits or on those characteristics within myself and my own life so that I can more naturally attract them in someone else? I think that's like a big, big thing. Like, I remember, you know, probably around this time last year, I guess, I, or maybe like a little bit later in the year, but I remember thinking like, I can't do the dating apps anymore. I just can't do it. I hate everyone on them. And I hate every single like person that I meet and I just feel very not connected to anybody. And it's just one miserable cycle after another. Like I just hate it. So I decided I was like, I'm done. Like, I just don't think I'm going to meet the right person through these apps. I don't want to do it. And then like when I made that decision, that was when I met my current boyfriend. Mm hmm. It's so true. It was I remember that. And it wasn't even like I had just met him. Like he was actually like in the background, like while I was, you know, yeah. doing but it was almost like it forces you to start paying attention to like things that are more so in true. line with what you want, you know, when you're more intentional yeah. about it. And when your head is on straight and your priorities are in order and you're fulfilling your own happiness, you, you know, like you said, like you're intentional about it. When you're when you're on dating apps, like that is a very that's not a passive way to date. It's very intentional. And you're much less likely to like swipe on Chad for, who works in finance, you know, wears like Patagonia vest. You know, <laughs> that's like not your soulmate. And you're much le- you're much less likely to swipe on people who are just wrong for you mm-hmm. when you're feeling good about yourself. So you're going to be looking for people who are good and not toxic because you're not self-sabotaging on some level. Yeah, I would 100 percent agree and- with that. And I think, like, just to speak for you as your friend, I think that when you met Shady, it was just like, you know, you had, you weren't in a great, you weren't in a great mental space. And I think that you were just like, weren't seeing him as somebody like you were just so used to just like not good. Right. (laughs) And that was like, who was in your line of vision? Like, no, everybody sucks. Everybody sucks. And then like, he was there and it's like, what? No, everybody sucks. Everybody sucks. It's like, he was like, almost like in the way of like this line of vision of like, shitty app people right you know? it's so true and and you just were not ready to see and then like you kind of had a shift in your energy and your perspective and you turned in and there he was you kind of realized yeah and it's funny because I you know it, it wasn't even like he was like chasing me from the day we met you know like he had like seen me and was like oh yeah like whatever she seems nice but like it wasn't until like I had kind of done some of this shifting, like intentional. Exactly. That he even felt the drive to pursue me. Yeah, true. In any way. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, like he was like kind of like, oh, she's cute. Like I would, but like, you know, I wasn't really around much and whatever. 
So it wasn't until like we actually spent time together and like he got to know me like months later where he was like, oh, like she's actually like kind of the type of person that I want, you know, and like that's when he kind of felt motivated to seek me out. And it wasn't but like that was like it's funny because like it almost like it was an alignment thing. Yeah. 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 You went to your shaman in Melville <laughs> and you charged your crystals. I'm just right, no. exactly. No, you just like were normal. You just got more in touch with yourself. Right, and I was just like, a, I was becoming a lot more like because I had also gotten like just gotten out of a situationship, which was actually the situationship that inspired this podcast. And mm-hmm. I and I was like, and I, the reason that I had ended that was because it wasn't in line with what I wanted. And it yep. was like I I was very clear about what I was looking for and what I was you know, needing in order to be happy with someone. And when I wasn't getting it, I I ended it. I was like, no, I don't want this. And then I was able to be honest with myself and say, I'm done with the casual dating bullshit. Like I'm, I don't want someone who's just going to swipe right on me because they think my pictures are cute. Like I want to be in something meaningful with like potential and reality and all these things. And then boom, like weeks later that gets like pretty much delivered. And it was a journey to get me on board, which I will go ahead and say, but I think that's part of like the whole, I think that's just part of it. And if you're aware of it and you're going through it and you're intentional, you stop doing the comparison game by default. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, you, it really, it's so cheesy, but it could be somebody right under your nose that you would never entertain the idea of. I mean, I think that's how it was for both of us. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's so ironic because when I think of Mike, when I, before we were anything, I was dating someone else and I remember we were hiking. We like went for a hike and we were, I was, this guy knew Mike. His name is Zach. I'm not, whatever. He's just easier to tell the story. So Zach. Yeah, whatever. Fuck him. Uh, we, I hate him, but <laughs> we, we, we were hiking and he just like, he and Mike hated each other. It was like, they smelled it on each other. Right. And, um, Zach was like, um, yeah, like he was just like, I, I actually was complaining to Zach about Mike. And I was like, it's so ridiculous. One night we're talking about exes and Mike said to me that I wasn't over my ex. So this is this triangle where I'm dating Zach and my, my college ex comes up and Mike is telling me like, oh, you sound like you're not over, you know, your college ex. And I was like, what? I'm so over him. I've never heard somebody say I'm not over this guy. Like I was so offended mm-hmm. and I'm telling my current boyfriend <laughs> that Mike, you that know, you're now husband. That- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't believe this guy. Like, he thinks I've met him twice. He thinks he knows me. Like, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know anything about me. I can't stand somebody like this. Like, and, you know, Zach was loving it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, he doesn't know anything about you. Like, you know, he was like, it was just such a strange thing to look back on <laughs> um, that, you know, the person I thought I was like, it was just a weird, I mean, that really sums up the podcast too. But, um, the person I was complaining about to a boyfriend at the time right. was my future husband. Right. Like you really don't, you really don't it's know. It's so weird how that shit happens. Yeah. I always crack up at that. I always tell Mike about that. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But it's all about just kind of turning in and figuring out like what is really good for you and you know, your patterns. Yeah. So. And just allow yourself the time to heal and mm-hmm. like just I- I- even if it hits you years later it, something can trigger a memory and yep. it can just make you emotional and it can make you sad like totally. you don't have to suppress it like it's okay cry it out like watch the sad it movie. doesn't mean that you're not over exactly the person, and sometimes and there's you know? a big distinction too that i want to say like you can be over the person and not be over what happened Ooh, like i think yeah. that's another big thing that we like don't really talk a lot about like just because, and I think a lot of people might even hear you say, like, if you're talking about a situation and it's like, sounds like you're not over it. It's like, no, I'm over him as a human. Like, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about this guy. He's a loser. But I'm not over the yep. fact that I was hurt and that he did X or I did Y and it resulted in, you know, this current situation and I didn't see it coming or, you know, it caught me off guard or whatever. And it's like, it's okay to not be over that but still be yeah. over the person. Yeah. And that I think takes a lot longer. Yeah, I would agree. That I think takes a lot longer to, to get past. Like, cause that's your feelings. That's how you, you know, absorbed it. Yeah. Like, 
I remember um, some, I think sometimes that's why we have a much harder time getting over a, a relationship or a breakup. And it's not always about the person. It's about what mm-hmm. happened and the pain that it caused. I mean, my ex who was abusive, like I always deal, I constantly have had to deal with like the ripple effect of that stuff. Yeah. You know, it doesn't leave you. It doesn't, hasn't left me in like 15 years. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel nothing towards it. Like I really, you know yeah. what I mean? But it's just the situation. Sometimes you might not ever get over what happened to you, depending on how bad it yeah. was. Um, but that's okay. You can still, it's just kind of like the new, your new reality. Right. Um, it's like who you are and you're, you could be a lot stronger because of it. Yeah. So sometimes if you're kind of like, why the fuck am I not over this? Like he's such a deadbeat. Just like tell yourself, mm-hmm. like, it's not him you're mourning. It's the situation and it's what happened yeah. because a lot of times that really is what it is. It's true. And that can also help you move on to a new person. Cause you realize like, Oh, it's not him or her. It's, it's the situation. And it kind of frees up that space to like, look, for new people yeah and I think people Um, who survive cheating I mean it sounds like a death or something but like you know what I mean like people who go through like being cheated on I think are are more prone to this because you can probably get over the person faster than you can get over the fact that you were cheated on because that comes with a whole set of like self-doubt and you know inadequacy feelings and all these horrible things Mm -hmm. And all these questions that maybe you never get clear answers to and things like that. So sometimes that can carry over a lot, you know, into your. Yeah. Like things like that, like cheating. Yeah. Like those are things that don't expect yourself to just bounce back from that. And you can get over Um, the person a lot quicker than you can get over the actual occurrence. And it doesn't even have to be as dramatic as that. Like it could easily just be like someone that you really loved, but the relationship just wasn't working, you know, like sometimes it really can just be that, but like, because it wasn't working, but you know, you love them. That's almost an equally hard thing to go through in some ways because you're not over the fact that like everything seemed to make sense. It just still didn't work. And that's a really hard concept to grasp. Yeah. So again, it's not always about them, even though you love them. I think you can get over someone that you loved, like, I don't want to say super quickly. Like, obviously, it depends on how long you were with them. But you can get over loving someone fairly, you know, in a decent amount of time. But I think sometimes getting over the pain of the experience is what takes a lot longer. Yeah, I think. And it's like I said, it's situational. Like, you might have been with someone for seven years and they were your first boyfriend or girlfriend and or you were married and like, you know, you might there, each relationship comes with its own baggage and feelings and you just kind of have to like roll with it. And again, move in that positive direction. If you are stuck and you don't feel at all better, like you need to go to therapy. And if you're in therapy, talk to your therapist, be like, Hey, I still feel horrible. You know, like I need help. I need to, I need to get back on track to getting better because it's just like, you're not healing the world. You're just poking it. Yeah, no. Stop picking that fucking scab. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Let what it heal. So, how do you know when you're over it? Like, do you know? Is it just like one day you're just like, oh, I don't feel that anymore? I feel like when you hear their name or see a picture or do whatever in some way, and like you can almost feel like either nothing or something positive. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like that's how I define being over something. Like either complete indifference I, yeah. or almost like, like, like a happy nostalgia. Yeah. Yep. And I think like the, you're less focused on wondering what they're doing and you're kind of more focused on what you're going to do next. Mm-hmm. Like not, you know, Saturday night rolls around after breakup. You're like, oh my God, I wonder where he is, who he's with, what he's doing. And you're more like, oh, what am I going to do tonight? And then like, it's, it becomes like less and less at the front of your yeah. brain. It, it just like slowly slides to the back. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it won't and pop one day, up. You're yeah. like, huh. Exactly. And then one day you might be like, oh shit, like I haven't thought about, I haven't stalked him in a while. Like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I actually have a, a dating term. Let's do it. <laughs> so it's kind of related, but 
a little, not really. Um, so I was using it with a friend the other day. I forget what the situation was, but I was like, stop doing DM CPR. And she was, she wanted to bring the ghost back to oh, life. Oh, honey, no. <laughs> Let him stay like ghost of, uh, you know, situationships yeah, past. Exactly. Yeah. Like if, if a guy, let's say you're DMing with a guy or you're texting with a guy and like, you were the last to answer, and that was three weeks ago. Like, no, no let it go. It's no, dead. no, he's, he's gone. It's See too ya. late. CPR is not nope. going to work. You're you're going to be. It's just weird at this point. Like, imagine in real life waiting w- three weeks to do CPR. No, it's like, fucking terrible. It's work exactly, and um, yeah, I think you know. I've been thinking people for some reason this week have been really hurt about ghosting. Like not like even they don't want to do it to people. They're like, it's not nice. It's mean. And I'm like, I love this change of attitude. Like a lot of people, people usually laugh about it or just like hate on it. But now people are like, no, it's not cool to ghost. And I'm like, I love this, (laughs) you know? Um, But I kind of think that why are we not looking at the other side of it as like, okay, that person maybe just like, didn't give you enough conversation to give an answer that even required. Exactly. Maybe it's them. Maybe their conversation skills. It is them. It's always them. It is. It is. And it's like, it's getting really lame to ghosts. And I think we're finally, I think 2020 is the year that ghosting is kind of going to be on its way out. I think that people are going to be more upfront. I really, truly feel that. Oh Um, my gosh. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. So, DMCPR. DMCPR. No, just let it die. Not work. Let, don't use the defibrillator. Yep. Just let it. Yep. Let it go. Yeah. It's fine. Don't do not reach no, out. Besides, again. like at that just... point, you'd be dating a zombie. Yeah. Zombies exactly. are weird. Yep. Yeah. Huh. Well, I guess that's all we had today. Yeah. Nice. I hope it helps. Yeah. I, I hope so too. I think I think, you know, we know breakups suck. That's why we started a whole podcast based on them. So Yeah. Hello. Yeah. But again, as always, we love to hear from you guys. I, it makes us so happy to hear that you guys are discovering our little podcast and that you guys are using it to get through some stuff or answer some questions or just to feel like you have someone to kind of like listen to you bitch about shit. So um, feel free to tune in every week. We always go live or not live, but we post new episodes on Saturday nights. Um, and in the meantime, if you want to interact with us, share a story or, you know, ask a question, feel free to do so. We are at heartsprained on both Twitter and Instagram. And of course you can always email us if your story is just way too long for a DM. Um, and we're heartsprained at gmail.com till next time, my friends. Bye.